I love you. Oh, 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 happy Halloween. <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> welcome back, Couch Potatoes, to uh, our final spoopy threesome. We're green and faceless on the couch. I'm the green traveler. And I'm the faceless Leon. And uh, today we are looking at what I consider to be the best horror movies of the last five years. Yeah, if not um, a little bit longer. Hmm? If not a little bit longer. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, The Witch is 2015. Oh, you mean like overall? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely three of the best in the past decade or more. Yeah. Um, we're talking The Witch by Robert Eggers, uh, Get Out by Jordan Peele, and Hereditary by Ari Aster. And I think it's, you know, I'm just going to toss it out up front. All three of these movies still get four stars for me. So wow. you just know going in that I love all three of these movies. They are all worth that that score, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I, especially when they first came out. Um, they haven't really gotten any weaker at all with my many rewatchings of them. That's good. Before we get too deep in, I'd just like to say this is a podcast about movies. Um, we're not gonna try to spoil anything for you but they might slip in there we'll throw up a spoiler wall yeah yeah and we'll throw up a warning if if we do really and um probably going to talk about everyday lives that that includes you know this world pandemic that's going on we just it's not our focus though it's about movies yeah and uh first off we're going to be talking about uh the witch right yeah the witch um i think it's also before we get into the witch i think it's also uh Another common thing all three of these movies have that you should know up front is that they are the uh, first feature debut for all three of these directors. That's right. So this is the, this is the, these are the first movies these directors put forth, and holy hell, what an amazing start for them. We'll go in with The Witch. came out 2015, directed by Robert Eggers. It's a period horror film set in right. 1600s New England. Uh, family gets... I guess banned from their what's it called Commonwealth. Uh, they're they um are on a plantation. Um, plantation. Yeah, and uh, he breaks some kind of laws, I guess, and refuses to follow the rules. And I think that he kind of leaves more on choice. Yeah, it definitely felt like yeah, because it's that's like that is an important point at the beginning is that it was his yeah. will to leave. He takes his family. Uh, the guy's name, uh, the actor's name is Ralph Innocent. Amazing job by him. The whole cast is amazing. Um, the main ones being the father, Ralph Innocent, and the daughter, Anna Taylor-Joy, who I think was in that those recent M. Night Shyamalan movies. Oh, yeah. Um, what was it? Split and... What was that? What was the third movie? I hated it so much. I uh, Glass. Glass. I never actually That's saw right. Glass, so I can't give an opinion on that. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really hate it. I just there good. were. Yeah, Split is pretty good, and Glass has potential. We're not talking them, anyways. But <laughs> you know, Ralph Ineson, the father, takes his family out to the woods, um, outside of the plantation. You know, out, outside of. You know their godly habitat for so long. They're a very religious family. Um, they're trying to trying to find the positives in their move when they first right. get out there. You know it's like beautiful land, beautiful scenery, 
you know, they got their family. Things quickly fall apart. A rumor of, you know, a, a lady, a witch in the forest, uh, kind of lurks over the family as, you know, the daughters kind of mention, or the young, the very young kids, you know, mention, uh, the witch. So many kids. And, yeah, they had four kids in one family, five, I think, technically. Five, five, yeah. Five, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's basically the synopsis. You know, they move away and things go not the way they were hoping for. No, not at all. Um, so, uh, I mean, what's what was your opinion when you first watched this movie, Blake? When I first watched this movie, um, on first watch, I wouldn't have said that it's my favorite movie. It does t- require quite a bit of concentration uh, because they have uh, old new england accents oh actually well the english accents at this point they are these characters are originally from england um and uh it is an older english uh dialect too and so you kind of have to pay attention and read the subtitles which for most people reading subtitles isn't a problem for me i wouldn't say it's a problem it's a challenge. I'm just a particularly <laughs> slow reader. Um, so on first watch, I wouldn't have That's said right. it was my favorite movie, but I thought it was very well done. Um, I also enjoy watching movies in other English dialects because uh, we have such a diverse uh, sound palette in our language, which I'm sure other languages do too. But it's for me, I enjoyed trying to listen and understand what they said as they said it, but it was a challenge. Upon yeah. my last two watches, it's quickly bumped up because it's just after you, you know, take some time to understand. I've also taken some a class on this uh, type of speaking since then. The original pronunciation is what they call it. <laughs> and which is kind of a i think it's kind of a bullshit name because they they spoke english a completely different way before this so anyways <laughs> um the movie is great i will say that i love this movie and if you're kind of a uh, uh language nerd like me you'll like it too yeah i'm i'm actually in the same boat as you uh first viewing um you know, I struggled to get the the dialogue down, uh, understand their accents and everything. Um, and I went into this movie expecting something more horrifying. Uh, you know, everybody was telling me it was a really good horrifying movie. You know, some one of the best horrors they've seen in theaters. And so I was skeptical, of course. And it, it's not a horror. You know, it's not very horrifying. A lot of what it achieves horror-wise is done with, you know, sound design it's done with the concept and you know the 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 themes the mo- motifs behind the story but you know it, it's not very it's not a, up in your face terrifying it's no. uh it's more of like an enhanced horror is yeah. what people started calling it you know it plays at your senses more than your uh i guess your nerves sure i like that i would also say the language like the dialogue though uh-huh. more of the dialogue really adds to the terror too because after you get past having to under to like work to understand them and you can just watch the movie and get the scenes it's it's so much more tense 
because mm. their performances are amazing. Oh and yeah. The things that they're saying to each other are scary. Like even that first time I watched it, you know, I knew it was a great movie. But when I first watched it, I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't like it that much. I was right. like, I can acknowledge that the amount of uh, effort that went into detail, uh, the the performances, right. you know, just like the directing, the concept, everything about this movie, I could respect all of it. But in my first viewing, I just wasn't in the right headspace for it. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but I respected it. And then I watched it again, you know, I think maybe two years after that, and I loved it. You know, it was immediate, like, I was in the right spot for it. I knew, I remembered exactly, you know, what was great about it, and I could just enjoy it. Right. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's it's now just one of my favorite horror movies. I've watched it multiple times, and especially when Robert Eggers... I'm a little biased for Robert Eggers because of The Lighthouse, his sophomore yeah, film. it's good. Um it's easily my favorite movie right now. You know, I, I've, I love that movie so much. And going back to the witch, you know, I can, I can see everything. I see all of his, you know, his whole style is just being, you know, cemented right, right now. And I'm excited for his future. And yeah, the dialogue was great in that movie too. So yeah. Like is he it, one of the writers too? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote, I think he wrote both he wrote movies. Both of them? Wow. Um, yeah, he's Lighthouse might have had help on, but I don't think he had help in this. I think this is all him and the witch. Um, Which uh, there is a tag at the end of the movie that says that he used real text from the period to fill in to make storyline and stuff. Yeah, that's I mean that's cool. why he, you know, a lot of people call this movie the Vivich because yeah. the the you know the the poster the title has VV instead of a W. And it's because he found, you know, he found text of that time period where that's how they spelled witch. Right. Um, so, you know, he just, he went with it. <laughs> yeah, there's so much uh, attention to detail. And, you know, it all comes together with great performances, just great tense scenes backed by very eerie music. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's like they utilize uh, the, the, the music's by uh, Mark... Corvin, um, I've only seen this in the Lighthouse movies that he's uh, scored, um, but here he uses like a choir at times. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't know if it's a choir, but it, it, it sounds you know it sounds like a bunch of voices harmonizing, and it's just it makes everything eerie. You know, oh, it's yeah. like there's a shot at the beginning where it's literally just looking at trees, and you just hear a bunch of you know that that chorus harmonizing on a, a very eerie note. Yeah, and uh, it's just it gets under your skin, and I love it. You know, it, it's, it's good. a good soundtrack for horror. Oh yeah, especially low key horror. Yeah, I I don't know if like I would say the horror. I hmm. I guess low key is not a bad word for it. I just I feel like. Uh, slow burn might be a little bit better for this movie mm -hmm. because like uh there's some pretty legit scary moments honestly the scariest moments at the beginning for me um with the witch oh when you first yeah when you first yeah see the, the inciting incident with the witch i guess yeah 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 that that's it's it's very scary. creepy very yeah. unnerving 
Especially yeah. there's one shot at the end of that scene where the witch is in front of the moon, I'll say. Yeah. Um, it, it's a great shot where you see the silhouette of the witch going away from the camera towards the moon. Oh. And it's just – it's very beautiful, very creepy. And what's great about it is it's all done in camera but like out of focus. Uh-huh. So you you never really get a good shot of the witch. You know, you right. never you never really see her actions in focus or like really well. You know, I, I mean even a lot of this movie like every scene that's like inside is lit with candle. You know, they they work so well with the atmosphere and like the ambience of it all that it just right. it, it it's very good. It's very unnerving and very eerie. Talking about that same shot, I'm pretty sure the same shot, the last shot of her with uh in the moonlight Mm -hmm. that transition to i don't think it's spoiling anything i would not say it's just a shot in the movie but like they rack the focus i think into another shot that was just laid over it and all of a sudden where the witch was is a bird it's fucking awesome (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) like it's it's so subtle Mm -hmm. and it's just great film work that is just awesome. Yeah. Alongside the witch, there is uh the character of a black goat. Yep. Um what's its name again? Black Philip. Uh, black Philip. Black Philip, yeah. Yeah. And the Love the creepy black twins, Phillip. the young the, the two young uh t- two yeah. young kids who are slightly creepy. Um I mean they're innocent, you know, there's there's nothing yeah. creepy about them really. It's just I get scared by creepy kids that are in a horror movie. They um, they are legit. They say some legit creepy things. They yeah, do. and again, also like Robert Eggers pulled out crazy good performances from two young children like this. Right? Like, yeah, like their accent work is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's just crazy. Um, but the the kids run around chanting Black Philip, Black Philip, and singing yeah. a song, and like even that in and of itself, you're just like, oh, there's something wrong with these kids. There's something you wrong know. With them. Um, but Black Phillip is like another uh well one, he's like a big symbol for the movie, right. but he's he's another um antagonist for the mm-hmm. characters in a way. You know, he kinda just symbolizes like all the hardship that these uh this family's gonna face. Oh, it's the worst. Um, it, it it gets it just goes from bad to worse. Yeah, it's it's um, very it's mu- very much a tragedy and Oh yeah. Jumps through all those hoops to, mm-hmm. to qualify like on the shakespearean level anyways like the father he even has this big monologue about pride and it's Mm -hmm. it's amazing uh so that's obviously his tragic flaw uh but yeah that's like oh man that guy uh ralph innocent uh Mm -hmm. who played the father his voice oh my god yeah i wish i had his voice and could like <laughs> process it and mass produce it and spread it on toast. I mean, it's fucking awesome. He was the hardest for me to understand the first time through. Me too. So, me too. But, it's so gruff. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. His voice is mostly uh, very low tone vibrations. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, it's worse than, worse than trying to understand Bane and Batman talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean after you get used to the accent, you get mm-hmm. to enjoy him enjoying it 
It's so good. Yeah. I love it. And and there's a lot of uh um strong feminine uh aspects to this film too. Yeah. Um I've heard a lot of people say that this is Robert Eggers, you know, his feminist movie and the lighthouse is his uh masculine film. <laughs> um and I can agree with that. Yeah, you know, I think that's very <laughs> accurate. Uh, a lot of this movie is about um, the main character, Anna Taylor Joy, kind of like breaking away from the Puritan society in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, she she kind of just rubs her the wrong way with a lot of her family's ideals. Yeah, I got the um, feeling that it was kind of something that she did that got them kind of kicked out yeah yeah i've kind of gotten that feeling the more i've watched it too it's very subtle they put a lot of burden on her yeah especially the mother character um yeah blames her for a lot but it's yeah which is good too and oh man just everybody did such a good job and he didn't leave out a defining character moment for any of the characters no uh well okay the youngest brother he gets a little less fleshed out than the the twin sis his twin sister but yeah he gets like one less scene yeah but that's that's it like the mother uh she has this great scene where she's talking about not that she didn't want to be a shrew to her husband but just it's so it's so hard it's just so hard her one of her final scenes in the film is, in my opinion, one of the creepiest oh, in this yeah. whole movie. That I won't spoil what it is, but uh, it's it just haunts me still, oh, just like man. thinking about that. And, like, and not even just the imagery that's on display, but just the concept of what was going on just uh, racks my mind. It's just, yeah. you know, it, it haunts me still. Oh, man. And like, you know, it it's also that also plays into the continuity of the movie. Like they do a really good job of making that thing that happened to her still be prevalent in every shot that she's in afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. It's just so much so much detail. He, he made no compromise. Yeah, agreed. There's so much attention to detail and that's what makes this movie perfect for me that's why i give it you know that's why i gave it four stars um you know when i first watched it i think i was like i didn't understand it three stars blah blah right, blah right. but you know the more i've watched it the more i've loved it and you know i don't really think we need to put up a spoiler wall or talk about any spoilers specifically it's just a you know epic film closing statement epic film that you should definitely watch uh oh, regardless yeah. of how this threesome turns out i would say if you have done any serious study on shakespeare this is a great movie to get a little bit of that love um because honestly there's not that many great uh films of shakespeare's place like this isn't in verse or anything um, there there might be a few parts because they you know they they have prayers and stuff like that it's just well worth your time if you're a student of that and if you're not don't judge it until you watch it the second time because it's so good 
is yeah. so good. And I know a lot of people don't want to work hard for their movies. That makes me sad. I get you just want to relax and watch a film, but at the same time, don't you want the most out of your film? Right. I don't yeah. want yeah. I don't want bland, stupid action movies, and that's what people love, and it makes me mad. Yeah. There's a time and a place for you know a Fast and the Furious film, I will admit. Yes, yeah. But I they're mean, very they're very few and far between. I want more films like this, less films like Fast and Furious. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm definitely with you. But these movies don't typically make a lot of movie, a lot of money, I would say. I, like the ones you got to work hard for. Yeah. The I first know. the first day out they'll get a lot of people and then people are like, yeah, I don't get it. And then people won't go. <laughs> um, exactly. And I don't know, I don't know how well this movie did in theaters, but I do, I do remember people enjoying it a lot, but at the same good. time I do, I do imagine that it was the most people were more like, uh, more people were like, well, it's not that good. I didn't get it. Like you just right. said, you know, they're just like, nah, right. But I feel like most of the people that I, I knew were trying to tell me to go see this movie. Right. Um, I could imagine them playing it at the theaters, though, and they they probably didn't throw up the subtitles because it's in English. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't probably see not. it in theaters myself, but I kind of wish I did. Um, yeah. I, if they were to show it at a theater uh, now, well, not exactly right now, but after everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I would definitely go and watch it on the big screen. That's how yeah, I feel Yeah, it's about definitely it. – yeah, it, it's really beautiful film. I don't think it's necessary for theater, but I would definitely also, you know, see it in there Yeah. Uh, with you. Um, <laughs> but I think it's also important to throw out uh, – I think what would make this beautiful in the theater is the cinematography. Yeah. Um, it's by Jaron Blaschke. Blaschke? Um, he also did the lighthouse. Uh, I, you know, I already love this man just for those two movies. I'm yeah. sure he's done other work. I haven't seen it yet, but he uses all natural light throughout the whole movie. I said earlier that like when they're inside, it's candlelight. Like that's it. It was literally just wow. candles. They weren't using sti- like crazy. set lights or anything. Not to my knowledge. That's um, hard to do. Yeah. So it's like in a theater, I would imagine that looks beautiful for that reason alone. But I do think it would be fun to watch it in the theater, especially with surround sound. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that luxury in my apartment. Uh, but the the music, the cinematography, you know, it all comes together so well. Just see this movie if you haven't. Yeah. And and if you have, if uh, you're not so sure the first time, give it some time and try it again. Because yeah, they, I I think it just gets better each time I watch it. I agree with that. Four dollars on Amazon Prime. There you go. Worth it. Uh yeah. also if you got a PlayStation, uh you can rent it for three dollars HD. So there you go. Through Amazon Prime? Huh? Through Amazon Prime? No, through just or... PlayStation Store. Fuck. I could have saved a dollar? I know, I'm sorry, I should have told you. My bad. What's wrong with you? You know how cheap I am. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was just curious if it was on there, and yeah. uh, it was. You rat bastard. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I think yeah, maybe we should move on to yeah. get out. 
Get out. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I had to. And, and come out so we can talk about. Come back so nah. we can uh, uh, talk about this film. Get out by Jordan Peele uh, of the great comedy duo. Yes, Key and Peele. Of Key and Peele. Um, I was just about to say uh, this movie is not what made him known to the households of America. Uh, nope. He he had a uh, running show with a good partner and some other movies, mostly comedy. It's, it's what made him uh, known to me, technically. I didn't really ever watch the comedy show too much. That's true. I knew of it and had seen a few episodes and some skits Mm -hmm. outside of that. Um, This is what really uh, brought him him to my attention as someone who's going to be a great player in the years to come. Right. For sure. I mean, who would have thought a horror movie too? Yeah, from comedy to horror movie yeah. and there's some great lines in here that do get a mm-hmm. chuckle from me for sure uh yeah, especially yeah. from Lil rel Lil rel howery uh he's hilarious as rod and really anything else i've seen the tsa agent yeah tsa agent second halloween Don't movie that has TSA. tsa agents <laughs> uh but uh rod is not the main character uh the main character no. is chris washington played by daniel kaluuya wakabi and black panther that is true he is going to his girlfriend's house to meet her parents uh she is white and he is concerned about it and that's honestly yeah as a black man he is concerned about it of meeting her parents who are well off as well as being white of course um and he is concerned about it and that's kind of really the premise of the whole movie yeah um it's a situation you or i never have been in that is true never uh we've met you know we've met girlfriends parents before but never of you know different race different background no um so there's you know that that that's something that this movie had going against it i would say is the majority of america doesn't really um relate to the circumstances that the character's in you know it's not an experience we're familiar with right um but i think that's part of the beauty of it too is jordan peele kind of just explains that you know that yeah. those feelings to us really well yes. like you you kind of walk away understanding better i would say like obviously we're never going to get a first-hand account of this experience no no um we go uh, there's definitely times where i've been a part of this experience and and uh also there's been times where I've said things where I've later regretted it, not knowing that I was being an ass. Racist. Oh, um, I was going to say, I've I've definitely, uh, this is the movie that made me realize I was racist. Uh, ignorantly so. You know, I never yeah. thought I was racist. Uh, uh, but, you know, I watched this movie and I walked away feeling victimized. I huh. guess, you know, it was like, it's the wrong way, you know, cause it was like, um, I don't know. It's not how you should feel walking away, but it's like, I walked away feeling like, oh, I didn't really, I didn't really like this movie. Um, you know, I didn't have a reason to give it four stars, 
But then I realized I'm being racist. I don't have any actual issue with the movie. I just, you know, I didn't like it for some reason. Did um, you feel that it was attacking white people? Not, not really that. Just more of like um, the white people who... I'll say that I definitely relate well to the girlfriend's parents, how they're presented at the beginning. Right. Uh, her parents are played by um, Bradley Whitford, who you know we talked about mm-hmm. him last week with Cabin in the Woods, and Catherine Keener, who I know from uh, being John Malkovich. Right. Um, but you know, I kind of relate to their. You know, I was very similar to them how they're kind of presented, where it's like, no, nah, we're cool, we're not racist little bit of ignorant uh right. slip-ups yeah. every now and then and so kind of what happens throughout with their storyline i guess since they were the ones i related to i kind of felt not victimized i guess villainized <laughs> i see <laughs> not, you know. that's a good word for um I, I, yeah because there's definitely situations at the beginning that it, you almost immediately recognize as being situations that you have been party to so yeah i can i can feel how watching it that you could feel that way yeah and but it made you realize that you didn't want to be that way exactly it made me realize that i was racist you know i had to uh i had to step back with this film right and uh you know once i did that once i started to try to correct myself try to better understand differing cultures right Uh, Um, just it shown some light on some empathy that you were missing out on yeah yeah and thank uh, you know i thank jordan peele for that like you know that it did this movie definitely helped me realize because i watched this uh it's it's still one of the greatest theater experiences even though i didn't like it right uh, when i walked away from the theater even though i you know i felt an abrasive edge to it for you know for wrong reasons right uh the experience in the theaters was really fun because I was the only white male in a crowded, just like completely packed theater. <laughs> so I got the, you know, I got the perfect experience because I was, I was sitting with the people it was made for. I was sitting yeah. with that audience of, uh, you know, Jordan Peele, um, Jordan Peele's audience. peers. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a heart Peele's peers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, this is these, you know, this, this story, this specific experience that is made so devastatingly, devastatingly horrifying, yeah, was made for the audience I got to see it with, and that experience was great, nice. um, because they were very respectful. You know, I got uh, they weren't very loud. You know, they were all kind of just like enraptured, just as I was. Um, you know, normally when you have a packed theater. You know, it's like if we go to see an Endgame or something, which I know this is an Endgame level, but it's like you go to see Avengers Endgame, they're loud, they're screaming, right? like everybody, like, but this was the perfect theater experience because we were all enraptured together. And, you know, I don't normally get to just have a packed theater experience where everyone is respectful. Wow, that's very true. Yeah, it it definitely, uh, it, it is an eye-opener. I would say that I had... Uh, I have had the moment in my life where I've realized that I I have prejudices that I need to work past and you know and for that reason 
yeah, I, I, I guess I would be considered racist for that. Uh, but it was quite a bit before this film that I was kind of having that eye-opening experience. Yeah, um, you you became woke before I was woke. I guess so. I guess so. But <laughs> not this is not a competition. This isn't a, a wokeness competition. No, um, no. <laughs> I though I just with some experiences with some friends that um, we had, uh, just things that I said that that made people feel other and i you know Mm. never had any intention of hurting those people but i know i did yeah and i feel horrible about it every day and um but yes this is definitely a movie that makes you realize that and uh it definitely expanded on my understanding as well yeah um I will say there's one thing I absolutely hate about this movie. And that's that it is produced by Blumhouse Pictures. I don't remember what their their you know, surname Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah, I always I always say the words wrong. Blumhouse, Blumhouse. I'm not sure. Um I hate them. They're terrible. like they, they pump out garbage horror films. Like they do have some good hits every now and then, you know, they do right. put something out really beautiful, like get out. Right. But for the most part they put out just terrible films and because they produce get out that's how they draw all these people into their terrible films now wow as they yeah. put out that from the producers of get out you know comes this movie yeah they are they're exploiting it for sure yeah and it makes me so mad but the good news is it did so well that jordan peele doesn't have to go back to them ever again that's true that's true i did not watch the whole thing uh yet um I don't know if I'll ever get around to it, but the new, uh, he has a major part in the new Twilight Zone series. He's doing, oh, yeah. I haven't he's doing the Rod Sterling role. Um, I don't know how much writing he's doing for it. For it. I'm sure he's doing some. Mm-hmm. But uh, that first episode I watched was really good. And actually, you know, I yeah. guess I never watched the second episode. They're like a movie long each. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And uh, he... I guess I didn't watch the second episode, so they could have a different person in the Rod Sterling seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did a really good job of setting up uh, the episode and closing yeah. it out. It was good. Well, there's there's a there's a very Twilight Zone feel to Get Out, especially with the oh, yeah. uh, um, what's it called, the Sunken Place. Yes. Uh, I won't explain what the Sunken Place is for you know spoiler concerns, but the sunken place feels very twilight zony oh yeah and uh i remember like that's that's the like the moment of the film like when you first witness what the sunken place is that's when i was first in the theaters just you know immediately caught with that movie right. i was like oh this is so good i love this like that whole scene yeah, is so good. perfect right um and it sets everything up really well uh just you know he does a fabulous job of directing. Like everything is um, purposeful. Uh, right. Even like even tiny details that you see, like you know, the camera just pans over a desk. There's gonna be something on that desk that, you know, later on when you watch this many times, you're like, oh, they use that later. You know yeah. that that you know it's the uh, Chekhov's gun. You know it's yeah. like you see it, it has to, it comes back. Right. Um. 
Yeah, and he does a like Jordan Peele does an amazing job with yeah, that in this movie. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie, and it is uh, all fantastic, especially mm-hmm. on the second watch. It makes the show uh, really rewatchable. That's mm-hmm. that's what it does because you know you don't you're not gonna catch it the first time you watch it until the end of the movie where you're like, oh they 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 do that yeah. the whole time. For like for example, uh um. One thing I didn't catch when I first watched it, uh, there the the girlfriend's parents mm-hmm. have you know their family has two black servants that live with yes. them. Um, when I first watched this movie, I didn't like their acting, you know, and I was just right. like, and then when I watched it the second time, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't like their acting, so I was just like, I don't like these characters. But when you understand it better, when you know what the story is. Then you're just like, oh my god, right. they're so good at what they're doing right so now. So they there's another character that is in a similar situation, played by Lakeith Stanfield. I think he pulls mm-hmm. it off a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree with that. I, um, the other two are what is it, Marcus Henderson and Betty Gabriel? Yeah, are and the... they, they did great. Uh, yeah, they are amazing too. Yeah, but they just uh, I and I think that that. Um, I mean, it, when you finish the film, it all makes sense, uh, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it is very, uh, it, it is funny. eerie because it doesn't, it doesn't quite resonate with you for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it, it's off-putting. It's eerie. You know, there's something just not right about what you know how they're portraying right these characters, and then you know it all clicks. You know, again, Jordan Peele's doing like amazing attention to detail. Um, Not as amazing as The Witch. You know, The Witch has a period piece. It had, you know, a lot more research and everything to put up. But like here, it's it's a different attention to detail here. Right. um, Everything is important for the story. Yeah, it's very. You know, there's a lot of good symbols too, like Mm -hmm. the deer. um, The deer replays. You know, I can think of like five instances in the right. movie wow, yeah. where you have the deer. Um, and there's a lot to analyze and look into with that. Um, you know, good good symbols, good motifs here again. You know, it's another fun, fun horror movie that you can watch many times and analyze oh, yeah. and just tear apart. Yeah, it's another – we talked about apart. how uh, Drew Goddard's uh, movie last time – was that last time whatever uh the cabin in the woods we talked about how that was felt like a thesis this movie also kind of feels that way um Mm -hmm. a little bit but less so like less in what do i want to say this is like this is more of a social essay though um which is makes it so much more intriguing to me anytime there's obvious intellectual thought put into Mm -hmm. a movie i i'm i'm there for it um and jordan peele put a lot into this movie yeah it's a good social commentary yes uh with a lot of great creepy horror elements yeah um you know again another beautiful score um i read that it you know the the composer used swahili voices and you know some blues influences cool just you know it's another it's another perfect movie and just like with the witch you know it's like that first viewing i wasn't into it had the wrong mindset 
uh here it's a completely different wrong mindset um <laughs> yeah but you know but i have since been working on changing my ways you know being a better person and you know i do i do kind of contribute that to jordan peele's get out because you know i remember walking home from that movie and trying to remember why do i not like this you know and i I really just feel like it was because i uh i related so much to the villains Hmm. and i didn't like that about me you know i didn't like that i related to the villains right so i wanted to be better about it he also at the very beginning made them relatable i mean though you know i didn't realize it until this watch but even that first line that he talks about with the deer and mm-hmm. once they get into the house the father figure that is mm-hmm. uh it's so pointed and like i got the the feeling that it was pointed but i didn't quite get that they were relating deer to vermin and but mm-hmm. it was just a veil as talking about black and yeah it was like damn that it's just the whole thing is written that way yeah there's even you know even before that scene with the father there there's there's a cop that you know there's a cop on the scene and you know cop's super racist you know he's daniel kaluuya's girlfriend is like very you know not protective but very um, she stands up for him yeah she's forceful but like and Daniel's just trying to be like, let's not push this any further, but it's like Right. It it's only gotten more poignant since since yeah. the movie came out. Uh obviously all the riots have happened, uh mm-hmm. and some horrible things that have always been happening have yeah. been really coming to light uh rightfully so, I would say. But yeah, so yeah. this movie, yeah, just if you if you are having trouble understanding what's going on in these people's lives i would say definitely yeah you need to watch this absolutely yeah and it's it's, it's, I think it's a very, very entertaining movie as well yeah very powerful very entertaining you know just all around good horror film yeah you know again uh four stars like it didn't again just like the witch i think i gave it three stars when i watched it and the more I've watched it, it jumped up to four. You know, it's yeah, it's that good. Um, it grows with each watching. It's deserving of it for sure. Well, uh, did we kind of do closing statements then? Yeah, I think, I think so. we did. Um, it, yeah, you you need to watch this movie if you haven't, especially if you feel any ounce of hate in your heart. It, maybe <laughs> it will change that. I believe this movie yeah. does have the power to make good things happen. Let's talk about uh, Hereditary. Ooh. On to Hereditary. The most depressing, gloomy, despairing movie I've ever seen in the theaters. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, I think that's probably true. I've definitely yeah. seen more depressing movies yeah but this there's so much despair to this one yeah like it's depressing and despairing together yeah i uh, just but in ari, the theaters i think you're right i think this yeah. is the only one yeah ari aster's uh debut <sighs> um i've seen some of his shorts great check them out. you know all of his yeah I, i've shown you one of them 
you know, they all have a similar feel to this movie. Very despairing. Uh, Ari Aster's sophomore movie was Midsummer, and uh, again, you know, very hopeless very movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if here, that's why we like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there is there is a beauty beauty with how he captures it all. Yeah. Um, sure. Here you have a family that is haunted by grief, um, yeah. haunted by you know again despair and maybe something else after maybe. the death of their grandmother. Uh, the matriarch passes away and the family grieves. And yeah. of that family is the absolutely amazing Tony Collette. Yeah. Um, she plays the mother. And I the the one thing that pissed me off the most in twenty eighteen when this movie came out was that Tony Collette wasn't nominated for Best Actress. Like like one of the best performances I've seen. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing to me, this whole movie. Uh her character goes through so much and there's there's two specific shots i want to talk about but um the one about her character she's in a therapy session uh with a you know a group of you know fellow grievers um other people who have lost you know dear family members and the camera just slowly zooms in on her as she's telling her life story you know, uh-huh. she tells you all of these just dramatic, depressing events throughout her life. And that scene is so enrapturing. Like, mm-hmm. every time I watch that, no matter what I'm doing, like, if I'm on my phone, the phone goes down. You know, uh, if I'm, like, zoning out for whatever reason, I'm snapped back into it because, like, th- just how she delivers that entire just monologue of hopelessness. Yeah. I think is that that zooming shot too. Not zooming. It's it's pan forward, but it, yeah, it just it's it's on the group and then it's good. Yeah, it, and then it's like then they show like they get really close to her, and then they cut to the group. You know, they do that reverse angle shot right. of you know her perspective to the group, and everybody is just stunned. You know, they're just all floored. They don't know how to respond. And it's it's great because they're a therapy group, <laughs> right? You know, they're the right. only people who could relate to her, possibly. But who could relate to all of that, man? Yeah. Um, mental and, illness is a big part of this. Uh, yes. This movie. Yes, um, it is. And and a lot of her backstory has to deal with her family's struggle with that, and it all comes out in that monologue. Mm-hmm. And that again, like that's one of the beauties of this movie is there's so many layers to it you know it just builds yeah. and builds and builds and layers and then it all crumbles at the end into a you know creepy nightmare um but that's one of the one of the layers is is everything that we're seeing happening or is it you know part of the mom you know does the mom have a mental illness just like the rest of her family right. like could it could it all just be another um you know just a symptom yeah, it's definitely framed that it that it could be. <clears throat> um, and I didn't and, even finish naming the family, but it's just like the husband is played by Gabriel Byrne. Does a very and good like, job. 
yeah, like how he has to deal with, you know, the possibility that his wife's going crazy right. um, on top of all the other drama that's going on in this film. Right. And it's not a new problem for the family. Mm-mm. It, it Like these things, similar things have happened before, at least from uh, Steve's perspective, the husband's perspective that this is this is all kind of happened before it's just more intense this time um and that also kind of adds to the horror i think because as a viewer you're like why isn't he doing more Mm -hmm. but it's because he has this he already has this background with it and he thinks he's handling it the way he's supposed to yeah and and we learn with the family too like right there's not i mean there's exposition of course but there's not much that um is revealed to the audience before it's revealed to the family mm. um you know it's like especially on that first watch you know it's like a lot of the background details you can pick up on it when you rewatch it but you're not the first viewing you're not going to understand anything that's going on you just you're yeah. as clueless as the family is throughout most of this film until um, you get to the end yeah and woof, what an ending yeah, <laughs> those last fi- those last 15 minutes are like some of the tensest yeah uh, in a horror movie but well, uh, to finish off the family there's the son um played by alex wolf uh the only other films i've seen him in so far are the jumanji remakes uh he's the one who inhabits Dwayne Rock Johnson's body I believe. <laughs> um, he's much better much better here than Jumanji. Jumanji's remakes are great too. I enjoy them. I I, I have not great. seen them. I haven't seen them. I'm not going to say great. They're good. Um, I mean Jumanji is great. We can't yeah. can't argue that. At Robin Williams, he makes anything great. That's true. That is true. Um but yeah, Alex Wolf here it, uh he plays the son uh who uh, you know he he does teenager really well you know like they capture the teenager experience right <laughs> fairly well there's like there's a silly scene where he's in the class and you have like a downward shot of the girl in front of him you know like he, he can look up and like see you know a little bit of her butt and it's <sighs> just like it's not a flattering shot in any way but you know it's just like it's that teenage moment where it's just like oh you know it's like oh maybe (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's so stupid but it's like they do that and i I like i like it because it it makes you it definitely feels like a teenager moment and he's got really good weed he's got really good weed (laughs) and yeah it bouncing uh, what happens after that scene uh again one of the most tense moments in a movie theater um I guess that would be the inciting moment of the whole film, really. I mean, I guess the grandma's death is the inciting. Yeah, well, I that, mean, that, happens, that happens before. before. Like um, a scene with Alex Wolf and his younger uh, sister, played by uh, Millie Shapiro. Uh, again, amazing. Yeah, Millie Shapiro's is the character's name. Yeah, Charlie. Oh my gosh, like beautiful character. Yeah. Um. But like, there's a there's a scene with them after he jokes about having great weed, uh. That you know it comes out of left field, like yeah. I was not expecting it in the theaters. It that that yeah. scene itself felt like it went on forever. Should we like right here, 
put up a spoiler wall? Um, not yet. I, I feel. Like I think so we can talk about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think Let's we can see. talk about the scene after under a spoiler wall soon. Okay. But but it's just like there's a scene there though that it that happens that is so dramatic and so amazing, and it's it was one of the greatest experiences in the theaters I've had right. Right. because that's when the whole movie takes off. That's when. Oh yeah. It it all crumbles after that, and I don't think I've ever seen a scene that really got me on the edge of my seat like that. Yeah, I don't think so. I no. don't think so. And it it sets everything up. Um, from there, it becomes just one horrible nightmare that is just so engaging. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Again, I don't know how it it wasn't nominated for more Oscars. Like, I, yeah, this is, it was. Really this was one good. of the movies that that year for sure. It was yeah. top of notch. Yeah, this is this was the movie that made me start to like just really hate the whole Oscar experience and just feel like you know what? As a person who criticizes movies, I don't care about the Academy. <laughs> like, yeah. who cares? Um, That's fair. Um, and especially just just specifically just snubbing tony collette like she has so many moments where like i don't remember what the other choices were to be perfect yeah i don't either honestly but we were both kind of expecting her to get at least nominated yeah like i mean she she carries a movie like i mean she's not carrying it but like you know her performance alone in this movie is enough to make it a great movie right the fact that everybody else's performance is amazing and the story itself is stellar you know just completely raised this movie to whole new levels right but tony collette just killed this role and doesn't get any any recognition and like i was just like fuck the academy after this i don't i don't give a damn (laughs) i would love to talk a little bit more about charlie before we move on uh to spoily town um so charlie uh she's kind of set up to be the misunderstood uh, character but like through her actions they set up so much of the horror of this movie like mm-hmm. throughout is this little clicking that she does and yeah so so good and like it was weird because i was the kid who made the noise yeah growing up um <laughs> so for me i was like okay i get that yeah that kid's misunderstood <laughs> and then it just plays we... it just it is it gets yeah, in your it head and it's yeah oh my god we we left the theater we left the theater and we got out to the car it was you me and your wife and uh before we got in the car i said all right i'm asking everybody right now to make a pact nobody fucking clicks your tongue (laughs) like nobody we're gonna drive home we can talk the movie but nobody is allowed to (laughs) at all i was so tempted in fact, I know I was you. Planning, I knew you wanted to. Yeah, I was planning on doing it, and then you said that I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> but that is, uh, to build off of that, that is again one of the beautiful things about this movie is there are no jump scares. No. Um, you know, there might be. There's very close ones, but it's not. You know, they set everything up. You know, it's not. There's not stupid. You know, 
violin music just like yeah it's none of that dumb shit um just again but we don't have opinions about that (laughs) i'm very opinionated (laughs) about jump scares they're all stupid most of them are stupid there are some good ones yeah um but you know it's not here you know it's very good with the atmosphere very good at setting everything up the music's great um it's by colin stetson you know it's very looming very ominous music just you know it's all it's all around just a lot of fun and let's you you want to get into spoilers oh yeah i do all right because there's there's a lot to talk about i mean there's a lot to talk about the other movies but here I definitely want to talk about the inciting incident. Yeah, it's with kind Charlie. of hard not to talk about that. Uh, yeah, be, and, and I also want to. I also want to talk before we get into the spoiler wall. I will say one of the topics we're going to talk about is the very first shot of the movie. Yes. I'll talk more about it. I'll talk more about it behind spoilers, but I will say that the very first shot is one of the greatest shots I've seen in the movie, especially for an intro, um, for an opening shot. I mean, and it immediately draws you into this movie mm-hmm. so subtly too but yeah let's throw up a spoiler wall poop it's up hello couch potatoes i'm coming at you from the future to tell you to go to our one minute 11 second 15 spoiler wall comes down then all right so let's i guess we'll just start with that opening shot mm-hmm. um it opens up, you're looking out the window at the treehouse, which is going to be a huge uh, huge set, a huge scene for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the camera just slowly pans around. You know, you see a bit of the room where the camera's in, and you stop on a miniature dollhouse. Because Tony Collette's character, uh, she works with miniatures, and you stop on a dollhouse, and you slowly zoom in on a bedroom. And as you get into the bedroom, you notice that there's one of the characters is sleeping on the bed, and then another character walks in the door. Yeah. And it it's such a subtle shot that I don't think people pick up on what they do. You know, it's like people just like kind of just like watching the movie and it's like, oh, okay, now the character starts talking. You know, very long shot, kind of just boring for most people. But when you're paying attention and you realize that they zoom in on a fucking miniature set and then the movie takes off yeah from the miniature set like it's pretty it's good. so good it just immediately like i was watching it in theaters and i was just stunned by that shot like i know how they did it there's nothing like yeah brilliant about it but it's it's it just so very fun good to transition. see it happen yeah like just a great job and then it's like you see that opening shot and you're like okay this is gonna be a fun movie <laughs> you know there, there's a lot of thought into this movie already and it's only been going for like a 30 second shot for sure i yeah. i uh there's a lot of really good stuff with the miniatures too uh the mm-hmm. uh colette's uh character uh annie she is a miniature artist uh i guess we should maybe that's that's the major way that they play into the film but they just she's making miniatures about fucking everything that's going on in her life yeah which makes it almost more fucked up and you get Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a little mirror of what's going on in her head too and and there's so many good outside shots of the house too Mm -hmm. where like they're far enough away and you can barely see the house through the woods 
that also make it look like a miniature set. Uh-huh. You know, and it's just like when you're you know, even a lot of the shots when you're inside the house, they're very still, very wide. Everything's kind of set up like a miniature set in their own fucking home. Yeah. Like it's which I mean, it kind of makes sense if she would be that anal to detail in her art mm-hmm. that she would be that anal to detail in in her home too. Yeah. It, but it's like I feel like there's something so much more to explore there that yeah. you know, it's like I honestly haven't really looked into it and I haven't really taken the time to sit back and explore the idea. But I know there's something there that I can explore when I want to. This is definitely like, one of those movies that we could come back to and really rip it apart. Yeah. And just like deep dive into its soul. Its but soul. Bring it it's out. very soul. Bring out the soul of Pagan. It is. But, you know, one of the things that uh, she is working with one of the miniatures she's painting throughout the movie is the inciting incident. Yeah. So let's talk that inciting incident because it is devastating. It's so hard to watch. I felt my heart drop. Like it felt like it dropped two stories. It went through my house and into my invisible basement. Well, it's like, remember how we were when we were watching in the theaters because like, I literally remember ripping your arm during that scene. And it was like, like, it was like you that's know not what's something I would happen. ever do. You, like yeah. after, like, well, you only get like fifteen seconds, but you know what's going to happen. Yeah. So what happens? We will. We're behind a spoiler wall, so we yeah, will say we what happens. Say. Um. Alex Wolf, the bro, the the son, he takes his. You know, he's kind of forced to take Millie Shapiro, his sister, uh, to a party. Uh-huh. And Alex slips away to uh, smoke some weed, and leaving yeah, leaving Millie Shapiro just complete or Charlie uh, yeah. completely unattended. And they set up earlier in the movie that Charlie is addicted to nuts. Uh, allergic. Um, yes, addicted. <laughs> <laughs> they set up she... earlier that Molly is allergic to nuts. Yes, but she loves. And they show. Them. <laughs> yeah and they show early like earlier once they get to the party they show somebody chopping uh what was it walnuts um yeah. or something like that um and making cake or something out yeah. of it and you know charlie goes over and she has a piece of cake she uh starts to have an allergic attack goes to find her brother smoking weed and you know trying to flirt with the lady and you know the brother who is completely stoned sees that his you know sister is having a crazy bad allergic reaction right and just panic drives trying to get to the mm. hospital because they don't have an epi pen yeah he's got to try to save his sister yeah and it's you're already feeling tense you know your heart's already right. kind of racing because you're just like oh shit what's going to happen this whole movie has been a slow build for like 20 minutes you know they've been setting everything up there's a little bit of a creepiness to it you don't know really where it's going though they haven't you know, Ari Aster hasn't played his hand yet. Right. He's just keeping it all keeping it all under wrap. But you're flooring it, you know, you're flooring it down the road with the uh, with Alex Wolf and Millie Shapiro. And you know, she's panicking in the backseat. Uh you know, she can't breathe. Yeah. So she she does, you know, kind of just like a common sense thing. You know, she lowers the window down 
and sticks her head out. Yeah, it's. I would say that it's it's a different level than common sense. I think it's like an instinctual thing. She needed more yeah, hair. Yeah, exactly. And I found out that this is actually based off a true story. Oh my god! It, yeah, it apparently happened in Georgia. Oh um, man! But he, he, you know, she sticks her head out the window, and he swerves to miss a deer that is, you know, perfectly placed. Um, he swerves, and her head hits a telephone pole and is lopped off. It just and even just talking about it, man. I, yeah, it's it's devastating but it's like that's what happened in georgia i guess was um that makes it so much worse (laughs) yeah but the the man was you know the man i guess was inebriated and needed air and he stuck his head out the window and you know the driver just like swerved to miss something well i I know that that man was someone's son but it's a little bit better that it wasn't a kid (laughs) yeah yeah to watch it with charlie is like horrible my god but what makes that scene is the aftermath yeah where you you know like you're placed in alex wolf's character's seat you know you're just like Mm -hmm. you're sitting there looking at him as he realizes what he's done he has a panic attack uh, on top of his adrenaline rush yeah and it's it's just crushing yeah and it goes on for what felt like ever in the theater (sighs) Like when it we first watched it, hurts. I was like, I was melting in my seat. I was just like, oh my God, please let this scene end. It's, it's so heart wrenching. And from there, this movie just spirals into a nightmare. Yeah. And I've, I, you know, it's again, just like with, uh, where get out was like a great, uh, surrounded theater experience. This was one of like the great theater experiences as in the movie itself was engaging. Right. I don't remember how the theater was with us because, like, I was oh, just yeah, so yeah. enraptured you by that film. Look away. Yeah, it's definitely very involving. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I would say honestly, if you don't think you can handle, I'll leave that for a closing statement, maybe. But if you don't think you could handle, this is honestly the most heart wrenching scene I've ever watched. If you don't yeah. think that you can handle it, maybe this movie's not for you. Um, i mean what makes it more heart-wrenching too is the you know even further aftermath yeah you know like how uh how tony collette's character finds out about it's it it's a I good will say. 10 minutes of the movie yeah it it goes on and you know it it's oh man it's hard to watch and yeah. it, it makes it makes for a great setup for you know the horror you know the horror that happens yeah um I don't really think we should talk the ending, even behind the spoiler wall. I think uh, that's. Uh, no, I don't think. Or did so you either. did you want to? Um, yeah, I well, mean, I would just say I, it's I very don't think tense. The ending, <laughs> ending. Uh, I do kind of because the you know the soft spoiler people they might be swayed to go watch the movie because of this. Mm-hmm. They uh, there is a lot of cult uh happenings in the movie uh, yes it's, they, very... it's definitely latter half it's definitely yeah. not it's definitely part of the mystery well yeah it's it's set up it's it's throughout the whole movie but it's set up right. so subtly exactly. in that in the forefront um 
once it, there's like you know maybe like halfway through the movie it starts to become very obvious what's going right. on right um but yeah for for most of that first hour you're kind of just like left in the dark you're like i don't know where this movie is going no. the inciting incident happened and you're just like dreading everything that's gonna yeah. happen next because it's it gonna can happen get to worse. this family next yeah it's like you know it's just gonna get worse isn't there like another yeah. half an hour of footage to an hour or something I'm, like that maybe i, I, I don't think remember. i recall you telling me uh not too long after it came out that he he this starting script was completely different uh and yeah. it was there was a lot more family drama stuff and, a, and i could believe and it. it was there were still obviously the horror elements yeah because um, i feel like that's one of the i feel like even though i do grade this as a four-star movie it does feel like there's things that were left on the cutting room floor really? you know it does seem like there's some i mean it all still connects really well right but it seems like there might have been like a couple of unneeded um extra material that you know it's kind of like there's there's gaps in the in the background yeah that there, i feel like might have been filled in by other deleted scenes a lot of time like in their world passes in the movie mm-hmm. in a very short amount of screen time so i think yeah. that that's probably if there is another if 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 i'm recalling correctly and there is more time out there that's where it's from well yeah. um what do you think should we tear that wall down uh not yet because there's okay. one more thing i me. wanted to talk about there's another thing that i feel like kind of um negates you know it's an, it's another con for the movie is there's a there's a moment at the end where there's a character on the wall in the background uh-huh um in the theater you know it's darkened screen uh you know the lighting was perfect for how the director wanted it that scene was terrifying you could barely see this character in the background lurking there and when this character moves there's no you know there's no music cue with it there's no sound accompanying it it's just an eerie like slide down the wall and out the door and it you know it's nerve-wracking when you watch it on my screen my little tv at home with brighter screen it looks funny as shit. <laughs> it looks so bad <laughs> because it's like it, 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 the characters kind of just like you can see them like scooting on a wire kind right. of thing. Like I mean, they're not on a wire. Like the wire's not visible. They still you can totally do a really see good job. <laughs> it, yeah, like it, it doesn't ruin the movie at all. Yeah. But it was so funny to watch that. Like I do recommend if you're gonna watch this movie, watch it with a a darkened screen. Um, yeah. Because it can spoil some of the atmosphere that Ari Aster is going for at times. But, yeah, I think we're ready to tear that wall down. Brick by brick, baby. <laughs> and it's crumbled. The wall has fallen. Um, so uh, I guess we're ready for our closing statements. Yeah, yeah. what do you got to say about it? Um, whereas with Get Out and The Witch... You know, the first viewing I wasn't totally into, you know, but more viewings, it grew on me. This movie has been, you know, nonstop. You know, I love it. Um, one of the greater experiences I've seen in the theaters. 
you know, I've rewatched it many times. It did get old for me a little bit. Mm. I mean, it's only, it's only what, three years old, but I've seen it so many <laughs> times. I've passed it off to a lot of people. Um, but there was once, I think last year where like I went home and showed it to my mom. And when I was watching it with her, I was just like, nah, man, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not, I, I've seen it way it. too many times. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I overdid it. I overdosed on hereditary. <laughs> um, but rewatching it this time around, you know, it was, it was just as fun. You know, I hadn't seen it since then. I gave it a good year, and that was all it needed. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a beautiful movie. Watch it with a darkened screen because it can ruin and uh, some off. effects. Yeah, have the lights off, definitely. <laughs> give yourself a spooky atmosphere. Um, for all of these movies, give yourself a spooky atmosphere because, you know, they, yeah. all, they all do a great job at delivering horror not just to your senses, but to the you right. know to the ambience, the ambiance, the uh, the atmosphere around it. Um, if you could, but here you know, great performances, great story, which oh, yeah. is can be very hard to watch. So you know, if you have a if you have a weak stomach for despair, don't go into it. <laughs> yeah, but if you can handle it, it's great. I think that'll roll pretty well into my closing statement. Um, uh. I would say if you are an atmosphere viewer and you want to watch it in the dark with that dark screen, like Greg says, uh, greeny over there, uh, I would say, uh, you know, if you got eclipse curtains, um, cover up all your windows, make it as dark as you can. And in that way, when you're done watching the movie, you don't go straight to bed. <laughs> because this movie will will bother you uh yeah, it will bother really you. any viewer i would say so for that case if you are easily triggered by by things uh i would de definitely say there's things to avoid in this movie so if that's if that's yeah. i think the movie is very well worth it but also i just i understand that some there's some people i would not watch this with in my life <laughs> um, yeah i shouldn't <laughs> i yeah. love my mother but this isn't one that you show the parents <laughs> no yeah this is one you this is one you watch alone <laughs> or with your like closest person in your right, life <laughs> right right i uh, definitely don't watch it with kids um definitely nah you can watch it with kids <laughs> nah you can do it it'll be fine uh, well <laughs> yeah, their futures are intact but this movie super well worth it uh like yeah. greg said i uh, i love watching this movie there's tons to tear apart all three of these movies just great intellectual mm -hmm. uh it keeps it keeps on your mind uh days after you watch it for sure agreed yeah um so watch this movie yeah what's your uh what's your pick for the threesome well man good sir it was really really hard um mm -hmm. and i have to say that i i went into it thinking it would be hereditary and then mm -hmm. i watched get out and i was like no i think it's get out and then i yeah. watched the witch <laughs> <laughs> and i think I think my answer truly is the witch, and I know that it's because I just love the language so much. It's just so yeah. good, um, and and the performances, 
therein i mean it you you gotta be talented to do mm-hmm. this work right this cast it's just so so good and um but that being said and while i am i have decided to give my vote to the witch to the vivich um you gotta watch the other two movies especially Mm -hmm. for the social reason alone you have to watch get out yes it's great social commentary uh hereditary if you're a fan of horror psychological horror um you gotta watch it and mm-hmm. yeah they're they're all great but the vich yeah i think? mean i agree with you they're all they're all great movies if if we were to do the sophomore efforts of these directors right if we were to place us from jordan peele mm-hmm. up against uh ari aster's midsummer and uh robert eggers lighthouse there's no contest yeah i would agree with that yeah, yeah, Rob. I mean, we might end up doing it later, yeah. but I highly doubt it because it's unfair to the other movies. Because again, the sophomore efforts of both directors are amazing. Right. Robert Eggers, in my opinion, made a masterpiece with the Lighthouse. Yeah, that's a good movie. The um, freshman, the freshman features, are really difficult for me to yeah. decide. Um, you know, even going into this, I hadn't decided on which one I was going to choose. I had an idea of which one I like more um i mean it's not even a matter of like more it's just a matter of which one i feel like um hits me more right because you know i love i've loved hereditary the whole time it's been out you know the first Mm. viewing i was hooked last viewing i was hooked um the other two had to warm up to me Uh um or i had to warm up to them rather not the other way around um and again with you know with get out i agree i think it's the most impactful movie especially on me um but the best of the threesome i'm in agreement it's it's the witch wow i really didn't think it would be the same again yeah i mean i love hereditary uh again i'm in agreement watch all three of these movies yeah um but again with hereditary it can be a little you know it's very difficult to watch at times so that hurts your soul hurt your soul yeah that's one of its that's one of its reasons i'm not giving it the you know the best of the threesome here and with get out you know i love that movie also but mm. i feel like the performances in the witch and oh. the attention to detail in the witch so elevated beat get out yeah like they don't beat the social impact no definitely not no hands down get out wins if we're talking about social commentary or like the impact of it as a film right but as the best of the three, the witch has great acting. Mm. Um, but for me, what I love the most about it is just its subtleties. Oh yeah, you know that that first shot of the witch with the well, not the first shot, but the shot of the witch with the moon that we talked about. Right. Um, the shot with the mother. Um, and her one of her final scenes. Right. Like it's it's creepy. It's subtle. It builds. Um. You know, it's it's hopeless and despairing, but you can watch it and enjoy it. <laughs> right. You know, it's, yeah. and there's and just with all these movies, there's a lot to di- dive into and pick apart. But I feel like with The Witch, you know, it's it it just feels like a fun story. It just feels like you know, it's not it's, it's not trying for anything other tale. than the exactly. It's it's not trying for anything other than a great spook. 
Which I don't think we actually ever mentioned that the full title is The Witch, A New England Folktale. Yeah. But but it's the surprise agreement. (laughs) Yeah, I I am super surprised. I'm I think I'm even more surprised than uh the franchise episode. (laughs) Uh, I really thought you would go for hereditary or given given what you said about get out i thought you might have gone for get out Um, yeah but i definitely would like given any other movie put those up against i feel like they would most likely win yeah here in this each of them separately would win other threesomes yeah yeah i would get i would say that for sure but yeah up against you know i feel like robert eggers of these three directors um you know i'm very excited for what jordan peele's doing yeah um i like ari aster a lot but i i like ari aster from a distance now because i'm not a huge fan of midsummer i really it's great yeah it's great i'm not against midsummer but it's it's one of those movies that like i feel like i have to rewatch um but the idea of rewatching it feels like a chore oh does that make sense but i mean i'm definitely going to rewatch it someday but just like right now i'm like i'm not interested in it Whereas with like Jordan Peele, you know, I really liked Us. Yeah. Um, it was. I felt it like wasn't was, Get Out though. I would. Say. It wasn't as good as Get Out, but it's it's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot more humor to Us, and I really like that. Um, but Robert Eggers is, he's on a path to greatness for me. Yeah. For you sure. know, I, I love The Witch, and I'm just crazy in love with The Lighthouse. Like that's one movie that I like. I've I've pass that off to more people than i passed hereditary off i feel like i hope that they i hope they keep on coming i yeah i agree um at least one more movie each that'd be great to have uh, yeah. a, a horror trilogy from each of them yeah because they all have kind of built a trilogy um of films here yeah or like they're... they're building towards you know like ari aster's got um a cult trilogy right. kind of right Robert Eggers is Eggers like period, is period, yeah, and language, yeah. I'm trying to remember us, but I remember there's uh, a lot of well, us. There's both. They both were the social, social commentaries, commentary. yeah. Um, and, and definitely, um, the the black experience is important mm-hmm. for both the films. But yeah, so it's like I'm hoping they can all just you know, just close out a good trilogy of horror films. That'd be great. We'd, you know, we it's like we're in a good it. we're in a good moment for horror right now. Got, I mean, there's still a lot of trash coming out, but yeah, that's true. But you got two fans here, guys. Hell yeah! Oh <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think that's been our show, man. I I think that's yeah. been us on the couch. I'm the faceless Leon, and I'm the Green Traveler. And uh, thank you guys for listening. If you like this, uh, you know, share it. Feel free to share it. Um. Leave us a comment where available. Right. And uh, subscribe through whatever platform you enjoy listening to. Oh, yeah. We'd love to see more people following the show. And until then, until next time, safe travels. Hey there, Couch Potatoes. The Faceless Leon here to tell you about our special Halloween episode, a horror genre smackdown. We dropped this puppy the day of everything bleak and ghoulish. We hope you have enjoyed our month-long revels thus far, and that you're looking forward to capping it off with something special. Happy Halloween. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. 
We plan to publish new episodes of this podcast every Thursday evening. If you'd like to give us a comment, please visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thanks for listening.